miss us because we missed you. Welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of the Sports Advocate. I'm Manny News Advocate and Benson County Record Page of Sports Reporter Mitch Fosberg. Flanked with me as always <laughs> at a 90 degree angle by Sports Editor McLean Mulberg. McLean, it's been a while since you and I just chatted. We've had a lot of our conversations with coaches, spring sports previews coming up, but how have you been the past couple weeks, man? Yeah, man, you know, I mean, it's been a lot of basketball. Right, I've been indulging in a lot of basketball. My Spartans were in it for a hot second, and then they, they had to go and blow that. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, and now just kind of getting geared up for a uh, baseball season here, both locally and uh, professionally, I, I think. I'm, I can't wait for opening day here coming up on Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. Can't wait to, uh, you know, get the hot dogs out, the better made oh, chips. And don't even get me started. Oh, Stop it right I'm now. I'm excited, but hey, <laughs> you know what, We have our Final Four, and... Holy smokes, what a tournament this year. <laughs> we were all wrong, man. Yeah. Well, I was kind of right about, you know, the South region being, you know, the kind of region of doom. I mean, they had a five and five and uh, five and six seeds playing in there. Um, I don't think any of us had Arizona and Purdue both getting upset out of the gate. I mean, yeah. vintage Purdue, right? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I fell for it again. Like you know, just just owning up to it. Uh, I fell for it again. I didn't think I was very very cautious on Purdue, yet I put them in my final four like an idiot uh, because I I knew they would lose. But they're just like seven four Zach Eady and the guards that they had, and then it turns out well actually the guards weren't very good uh, in comparison to the rest of the nation's guards in the Big Ten. They were great, but against. Um, those guys against Sterling Dickinson. Yeah, they just they just seemed overwhelmed for whatever reason. Those two freshman guards. Yeah. So here's a little advice to everyone too. If you do four and a half hours of research, actually follow it. Because if I would have followed it well, I would have had FAU and UConn the final four. In original brackets. I did have UConn winning the national title, but I checked out because I'm a little Mitch. Not you know the other word that starts with the B that. Kind of itchy, but hey, you know what? So be it. It's that's that's the fun of March Madness. I mean, you think you have everything figured out, but in reality, you have as good. But you're honestly about as intelligent as a fish trying to climb a tree. Like you know. I mean, I think this is the craziest tournament since Loyola made the Final Four, and that one wasn't nearly as crazy as this was. I mean, you talk about two five seeds, a four seed, and a nine seed all in the Final Four. I'm yeah. curious when the last time we've had that many, you know, high seeds in the Final Four like this. Usually you see a couple of ones, maybe a three, and, a, and maybe one higher seed. But yeah. I just – this is this is ridiculous, this many teams like this. Yeah, I mean, right now we have – jeez, you have a, two, a four, two fives, and a nine. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not an awful poker it's not an awful poker hand, but, I mean, <laughs> it's still something. But, hey, you know what? I mean – it is what it is, but most importantly, though, like you mentioned at the beginning, we're almost a baseball season, man. Yeah. Opening day is Thursday. I got my fantasy baseball draft for my Cooper League on Wednesday. I'm so excited for that. But, you know, I'm excited for baseball to start, but I think we, you and I were talking pretty heavily um, before, we, before we started recording, reminiscing about the glory days of the Tigers about a decade ago oh, and how cool that was. And now we're looking at 2023 like – you know, we tried – the Tigers started this rebuild in 2017 with a bunch of other teams, and here's Detroit still stuck in the cellar. It's like they got their foot caught in the well. They just can't get it out. But 
I mean, you kind of talked about a couple weeks ago how you're taking the under and the win losses, yeah. like about 67. I mean, what, I, I mean, what are you excited about with this team? Because we have to be excited about something, right? There's got to be a reason why we subject ourselves to watching these games with or without certain beverages. Well, me personally, I, I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head before we started recording too, which is you're going to go over some draft, uh, you know, stats here shortly, and you're going to kind of see where they miss. And to me, this team isn't going to win a lot of games, which means they're going to be high up on that draft board. What gets you excited, to me personally, like back in the early 2000s when I was a big Tigers fan still too, you know, those Alan Trammell years, uh, 2003, losing 100 games, what got you excited was those players that were coming in. And for me, I mean, I'm sort of a nerd, so I do like baseball prospects. Right now, uh, Baseball America ranks the Detroit Tigers farm system uh, as dead last in Major League Baseball. Uh, And we need to do something about that. Uh, They have one top 100 prospect this year with uh, Jackson Job, and that's it. And so the only exciting thing is, is, is hopefully... The new GM here uh, can can get something rolling and, and make some good decisions in the draft. I think you said that was dead last. Dead last. Wasn't it was, two years ago? It was like top five. Yeah, that just last year it was uh, high up. I, I mean, at least top ten because they had uh, they had Riley Green and they had Torkelson, but then they had obviously poor seasons, poor-ish seasons, especially Torkelson having to get sent back down. Uh, and now they are ranked uh, dead last. Obviously, those guys aren't considered prospects anymore because they should be on the day one roster. Yep. Uh, so, Scott Harris, yeah, I mean, he's got his work cut out for him here, new general manager. And, uh, yeah, they're dead last farm system in baseball right now. I am depressed for a second time this morning after you said that. Because <laughs> looking through all this draft stuff I'm going to ramble about, now you mentioned that, like, oy vey. Yeah, so good. there's really not many great things right now. If you're a guy that can stomach a few more losing seasons, I know, friggin', excuse me, six in a row. Uh, you know, six losing seasons in a row here. Three consecutive sub 400 finishes too. By the way, uh, it's it's been a very very tough go of it. And and two years ago now, right? They win 77 games. It looks like they're gonna make that. Right now, yep. it's sort of that cusp, and then they come back and they have a terrible sixty-six and ninety-six finish, and and then Avila gets fired, and then you hire Scott Harris, and now it's year one of a new regime, and you're this close to starting the rebuild over. You're this close to starting it over. Let's just Six admit it. Into it. Let's just admit it. It's a new rebuild. Let's just let's just let's just admit it right now. Let's just admit it with all these young guys they have hurt right now. It's a new rebuild. Yeah, and you just bring up a great point. You've got Scooball, who's not due back until later this year. You've got Maez, who might be out for the whole season. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. bad. It's it, bad. It is. Fortunately, we bring back guys like Matt Boyd and Spencer Turnbull, which, hey, you know what? They're guys that can go out there and give you a good five, six innings. They are. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind those guys. I But, I mean, they're... You know, they're three, four, five guys. You know, yeah. they're not one and two guys like they're going to start the year. Yeah. And that's the problem with this team is like when you talk – when we were talking about sort of those teams of old, right? Doug yeah. Fister was good, but he was also the fifth guy in that rotation yeah. right next to Anibal Sanchez and those and, and those guys. So, yeah. I mean, having Matt Boyd and Spencer Turnbull in the, in the rotation I think is fine, but they aren't the ace and they're not the day two starter either. And well, so it's just – yeah. Huh, I mean, I uh, Scooball, I think when he's back, I have high hopes for him. Casey Myers, I mean, the expectations are just sort of lowering here with the injury history. And and these days, guys are not – their careers aren't ending over Tommy John. But the the length at which it takes to get back is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
my personal opinion with the Tigers, I think it's a 72-90 season. I think some of the guys, like I mentioned, you know, you got some, you have some decent players. By no means will it be in the top three of that division. By no means will they be stepping in a wild card spot. That's just the reality situation. But there's no way Javier Baez can can hit as worse as he did. He may strike out more, but there's no way it could be worse. There's no way Eduardo Rodriguez can have a season just as worse. There's no reason why Mize, Manning, and Scooble can have devastating injuries again. There's no way there's... I mean, Spencer Torkelson has to, you know, probably take a step up. Riley Green, there's no way he's going to miss half the year again. Austin Meadows hopefully bounces back. Jonathan Scope, you hope, obviously, has can get you at least about 240, 25, and 70. If he can't manage that, I'm sorry, he's done. Then Akil Badu. Oh, that's right, he didn't quite make the roster. Yeah, so. Yeah. But here's the thing about the Tigers. McLean mentioned a couple weeks ago, like, you know, you gotta spend money. I 100% agree with that. But also, too, like, you gotta you got have a reason. Because, okay. Here's the thing I think people forget about free agency and contract extensions it takes two to tango. Yeah. Yes, Detroit can offer some, like, Carlos Correa, somebody, six crap loads worth of money. But if they're not invested in what you have, they're not going to do it. So, what exactly is wrong with the, what's wrong with Detroit to make these players not buy in? Because obviously, 20 years ago, guys like Pudge Arriguez, Maglo Ordonez, and Carlos Guillen bought in. 20 years ago, don't say that to me. 20 years ago. Hey, it was 2003, but that's, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. I hated Rickensee, if that's the truth. But, when you look at the Tigers draft history... There's kind of a reason why. Let's go back here. All right. First things first. I'm not going to. I'm just talking from 1993, 2015, because it's still too soon to judge, like, the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven draft classes. Still too soon. All right. 1993, ninth level pick. Matt Brunson. Ever hear him? But have you heard of guys like Billy Wagner, Derek Lee, Chris Carpenter, and Tori Hunter? Okay. That happened. <laughs> 1994. Ever hear of a pitcher named Chad Gaspar? No, but I guarantee you probably heard of names like Carl Bovano and Scott Putsednik. Yeah. 1925, 11th overall. Ever hear of a guy called Mike Drumright? No. no, but I guarantee you've heard of names like Carlos Beltran and this one that hurts like a Roy Holiday. Oh, God. 1996, 6th overall pick. You heard of a guy called Seth Greisinger? He was, a, he was also a pitcher. But I'm sure you heard of guys like Roy Oswalt and Jimmy Rollins. They won that class. 1997, first overall pick. Ever hear of a pitcher named Matt Anderson? Oh, my gosh. No. No, but I guarantee you you've heard of a guy called Vernon Wells, mm-hmm. who I have a figurine of in my living room. I know you've heard of a guy like Troy Gloss, Lance Berkman, and Michael Young. Yeah. 1998, Jeff Weaver, 14 overall pick. Okay, that wasn't terrible, right? I mean, he still got a World Series with the Cardinals. But you've heard of guys like Adam Dunn, Matt Holly, and CeCe Sabathia that also went in that class, right? Mm-hmm. 1999, third overall pick. Catcher Eric Munson. Know that name? No. But I guarantee you probably heard of guys like Barry Zito, Brian Roberts, Carl Crawford, Brandon Phillips, and Justin Morneau. Mm. 2000, eighth overall pick. Pitcher Matt Wheatland. Ever hear of him? Mm-mm. No, but I bet you heard of guys in that class like Chase Utley, Grady Sizemore, Adam Wainwright, Cliff Lee, and Yadier Molina. Mm. 2001, 11th overall pick. Kenny Ball, pitcher. Ever hear him? Mm-mm. 
No, but I guarantee you heard the names of like David Wright, Dan Heron, Ryan Howard, not the Tap and Scranton, but the first baseman, <laughs> and CJ Wilson, who was part of the Rangers staff in the 2010s. Kind of that ace. 2002, shortstop Scott Moore. Ever hear of him? No, but I guarantee you in that class you heard of guys like Matt Kane, John Lester, Cole Hamels, and my favorite Canadian baseball player of all time, Joey Votto. Mm. 2003, third overall pick, Kyle Sleeth, pitcher. Ever hear of him? No, but I bet you've heard the names of Nick Markakis, Adam Jones, Matt Kemp, and Andre Ethier, who also won that class. 2004, second overall pick. Ever hear of Justin Verlander? Yeah. Okay, so they hit on one. Yeah. They hit on one. Yeah. Not going to argue that. 2005, 10th overall pick. Remember Cameron Maven? Mm-hmm. Do you know who's taking after? Do you know who's taking the pick immediately after him? No. Andrew McCutcheon. Mm. 2006, sixth overall pick, Andrew Miller. Remember him, right? I do. Really good reliever. Do you know who's taking the pick right after him? Mm-mm. Clayton Kershaw. Now, now, Maven and Miller were packaged for Miguel Cabrera. Okay, that worked out in the end. All right, I'll give him that. But 2007, 27th overall pick, Rick Porcello. Not bad, right? You want to sell young with Boston, whatever. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Corey Kluber were also in that class. Okay. 2008, 21st overall pick. Here's a, here's a name Tiger fans haven't heard of in a while. He's a flamethrower. Ryan Perry? Remember him? <laughs> yeah, Charlie Blackman and Craig, Craig Kimbrell were also in that class. Yeah. 2009, 9th overall pick. Jacob Turner. Remember him? Yeah. Remember he him? He was supposed to be something special. Yeah, 16 picks later was Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. 2010, 2011, 2012. All were gone because of compensation picks. Because at the time, if you signed a certain level free agent... You know, you lost your pick. So basically, right. you trade your first round pick for a player. Those players want up being Jose Valverde, Victor Martinez, and Prince Fielder. Okay, I get it. Pretty that makes good. a lot of sense, right? 2013, they got their back drafting again. 20th overall pick. Have you heard of Jonathan Crawford? Mm-hmm. No, but no, there's a guy 12 picks later you'd have heard of. He won an MVP this year. His name is Aaron Judge. Mm. 2014, 23rd overall pick. Derek Hill, he really panned out, right? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Two picks later, Matt Chapman, third baseman, gold glove caliber now for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. 2015, 22nd overall pick, Bo Burrells. He got actually waived and sent to Minnesota last year. Yeah. Do you know who's taking two picks later? Mm-mm. Walker Bueller. Mm. Do you see my point now with the Tigers? Yeah. This is where we're at, folks. This organization desperately needed a shakeup in the way how they approached scouting and developing. You look at teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Trash Can Smackers, I mean Astros. <laughs> They're the teams that constantly have found ways to build talent pools and contend consistently. Well, I think the Dodgers have been at the top of the MLB for the past about 15 years. Yes, they're able to spend money, but they also draft and develop a lot of good homegrown players. All right, This is, this is what has to happen. Because eventually you can also move up off these certain prospects to get more players. I mean, look at the Astros specifically. Like, okay, they they're able to wheel and deal prospects. I mean, look what Houston did to Detroit five six years ago to get Justin Verlander. Yep. And then those prospects have panned out. By the way, 
Alavilla is with him every trading free agency signing at me at that. I don't care. It's true. We all know it. Yeah, this this is what this is why they brought in Scott Harris because they desperately need to get on the right track and draft him for the first time in thirty years, which sounds so painful to say out loud. Alavilla overstayed his welcome. He yep. kept his job because of his connections within the organization and and nothing else. Um, I was just saying before this, I don't think you should get rid of Dave Dombrowski. Everywhere he goes, he wins. And their best, as Mitch is going over this, if if people were paying close attention, uh, their best draft years were with him where he turned those guys into he, – he packaged those prospects into all-stars. Yeah. And you're right. You need both. You can't just sit here and say it's a no-cap sport, so spend the money if you don't have the farm system because part of why guys end up on different teams is because other organizations are down in the dumps and they would want to take chances on prospects so then you get their star players in return. And right now, Detroit's got nothing. I mean, the only thing they did this offseason was Matt Vierling, who is an outfielder infielder from Philly. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and he's not going to be in the uh, nine-man rotation there in the in the hitting lineup. He's not going to be. So he's a guy coming off the bench. He's going to be a rotational guy, but they haven't spent money. You also can't, as as Mitch said, yes, you can offer money. Doesn't mean the guy is going to offer it. What I will say is classic Alavila. Uh, Carlos Correa didn't want that much more than Javi, and he didn't want to give it to him. Yeah. Now, Carlos, hindsight being twenty twenty, I bet Carlos is pretty dang happy about the fact that he didn't choose Detroit. Uh, and maybe Javi isn't so much. But you offer the guys a few more dollars because it's an uncapped sport. If you're going to choose to spend money, if that's the choice you're making, I think you throw the dollars at the guy that you want, and you don't take plan B because the plan A wanted a little more. Yeah. Uh, you just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I.e., the Tigers have done that before. I.e., why they're still paying Miguel Cabrera ninety-one-ish million dollars this year yeah. to play in a DH role where he's going to be awful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Case in point is when you have a window to pay a guy, you pay him, yeah. regardless of what he wants, because of the fact that it is an uncapped sport. Now, I will say that all this, all this too, before we transition with Miguel with Miguel Cabrera's contract coming off the books this off season. They're probably going to spend on somebody in this next free agent class. Who it is, who knows. But please let it be a hitter. We're good on pitching. They went on so many pitches the past 30 years I listened off for crying out loud. <laughs> they really have. Oh, my gosh. It's been bad. But anyway, let's shift from baseball to football now. Lamar Jackson. Mm, wow. So, as of yesterday, it was released, it was made public in a letter that Lamar Jackson requested trade on March 2nd. He wants a guaranteed contract. The Baltimore Ravens are balking at the situation. McLean, I want to ask for your take first. What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? The most likely scenario, I don't, I don't know that he finds himself in a different jersey before the start of the season. I, I know that there are – we've seen this sort of before, right? And, and I guess the most recent situation in my mind where uh, an organization and a player couldn't come to terms in a contract was Le'Veon Bell. Your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Le'Veon Bell didn't play, and, and, well, we all know how the rest of his career turned out. But, unfortunately for my Michigan State Spartan there. But, uh, regardless of that, I don't think that's going to happen to Lamar. I do think, though, he's going to end up having to wear the purple jersey a little longer than he wants. I just, this contract situation is not great. He's requested a trade. They, uh, now I I can't remember the exact term, but they basically franchise tagged him in such a way where other teams could contact him. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, clearly if he's asked for a trade on March 2nd, there's not many teams knocking at the door, which 
should be worrisome for a guy like Lamar. I don't know why somebody wouldn't want him. There are teams in the past that have taken chances on a Brock Osweiler with Houston when he got that big contract post his Denver career. We've had guys take chances on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. We've, I mean, there are plenty of lesser versions of QBs in the league right now to where I think a team should bite on Lamar, but clearly it's not happening. Yeah, so I see why this is such a struggle on both sides. When you look at Lamar, I mean, let's be honest with the Ravens organization. This is the best quarterback they've ever had and probably going to have for a very long time. He's the only he's the only Ravens quarterback to even sniff MVP conversation. Now I get it too. At the same time, not that great of a performer in the playoffs. Past couple years, he's had injury issues. At the same time, though, a guy like Deshaun Watson, who, in my opinion, Lamar's better than, gets a fully guaranteed contract from the dumpster fire we call the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> like Lamar's case of wanting a guaranteed contract and kind of making that thing for the NFL, which they don't have. Besides for Watson and for Kirk Cousins, ironically enough, which still boggles my mind this day. Like, yeah, there's a reason why he's holding up his guaranteed contracts. He's trying to set the narrative for the league for the future. Which I and also from Baltimore's perspective, like I mentioned, a little injury prone, not that great of a playoff performer at this point in his career. Especially like a loaded AFC, you gotta have guys like Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. It's tricky. Especially now, the reason why I think teams aren't jumping is because a they see the injury history, they see the stuff too. It's one thing. It's also the guaranteed contract. I feel teams aren't going to do. At the same time, though, I, if are any one of these thirty-one NFL teams really going to help Baltimore in this situation? I mean, let's be totally honest here. This is a situation that needs to be resolved between Baltimore and Lamar, whether it means in divorce, a new deal, or a new team. That has to happen there. Yep. Who the team is, I don't know. Personally, I think a dark horse the people aren't talking about is the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, let's be really honest. Kirk Cousins has one year left, and if you put, play him outside of a time slot of 1 p.m. on a Sunday, I'm sorry, he's going to crap the bed. And you look at the NFC, too. If the Margos in the NFC North is particular, it's Hemmergoff's the best quarterback. Then you look at the rest of the NFC, outside of Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, what other quarterbacks have made a really deep playoff run yep. right now. None of them. Yep. None of them. So NFC is wide freaking open and you have guys like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson some good pass rushers. A lot of the defensive players they drafted last year were injured. I mean, Minnesota's got a chance here as a team that has given a guaranteed contract before to a quarterback. It's an opportunity. I will say this though too. If Baltimore screws this off and they let Lamar walk, they become... The AFC's version of the Chicago Bears. Great defenses. Can't get the quarterback right. Can't get wide receiver right. I understand you need a guy to be healthy to play. but <clears throat> and, and how we rank these players is, of course, subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my opinion, when 100% healthy, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want him on your team? If you're Baltimore... You're trying to win. If you're any of these teams, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, of course. But Baltimore is a little closer right now than other teams, of course. And so, I just you need one piece, right? How many times do we come out during the NFL season and we say, "Well, this team's got everything," but then they've got like Paxton Lynch under center, and then it's like they don't win. And why? Because they're missing the most important piece. So why play with the most important piece? 
Why play with that? Yeah. And then who's the backup? I couldn't tell you. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Hunt? Ted, Tyler Huntley. Actually, Tyler Huntley, right. Did, did, did fairly he, decent. He did fairly good, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He, he's just not. He yeah. Eventually, the wheels are going to fall off with a guy like that. They're not going to win a Super Bowl with yeah. Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, from the Baltimore perspective, I don't know why you wouldn't try to meet him where he is unless you are very concerned that he's never going to play another full NFL season. Um, at which point, then, yeah, more power to you, right? you got to make the best decision for your organization. Yeah. But on the player side, which the NFL still lacks player power compared to the other professional sports, mm-hmm. uh, he needs to do what's best for him. And so if, if they're not going to come to a conclusion, then, yeah, I think he has all the rights in, in, the, in the world to leave. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he's, he's given them everything he can give them. Yeah. And maybe he's feeling like uh, that's not being reciprocated right now. And often... That's how it is. You know, from the outside looking in, I don't know if these players take it personal because business is business as usual. But from the outside looking in, you, you, you think from a player's perspective, they take care of the team, they win the games, they put their bodies on the line, and then they don't get taken care of. Yeah. And that's how situations like this arise, and that's why the situation yeah. with Le'Veon Bell arose as well. Yeah. One last thing before we transition to another quarterback issue. I think one reason, one big reason Baltimore is kind of saying no, Lamar is, well... Do you remember who their two quarterbacks were when they won Super Bowls? Yeah. Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco? Yeah. They could win with less. Absolutely. So. Well, they had a guy by the name of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed on those teams. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> and they have guys now like Roquan Smith and Marlon Humphrey, but hey, so be it. Different debate for a different day. <laughs> Let's move on to a different quarterback now. A former back-to-back, former back-to-back MVP. Number 12. Not talking Tom and his cat. We're talking Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. As said on the Pat McAfee show, they tends next year to play for the Jets. Um, no trade has come through yet, though, which is kind of interesting. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's the compensation package. So don't know if you uh, saw the report. I'm, I'm sure you did. But for the people that didn't, uh, yeah, one of the major uh, sticking points here is because the Jets are looking for draft compensation alongside Rodgers in case Rodgers chooses to retire following the one season he would play with the Jets. Basically, the Jets are saying, we don't think this deal as it's structured currently is worth it if the guy is only going to play one year. So they're looking for a guarantee somehow from Rodgers that he's going to play two years, it sounds like, or they're looking from additional, for additional draft compensation from Green Bay to help supplement the fact that if he retires after one year, they aren't stuck with nothing, that they do have that draft compensation to hopefully take a QB or whatever they're going to do, right? So that's sort of the situation right now. That looks like That looks to be the only reason that this trade hasn't gone through yet. Is they're concerned Rodgers is going to retire after one year and they would like additional draft compensation to offset that. Yeah, and if I'm Green Bay, I'm telling them to shove it with that, honestly. <laughs> I mean, let's face facts here. If you look at, at head coach Robert Sala, I mean, that whole organization put their, put their went all in with Zach Wilson a couple years ago. And it, um, yeah. That didn't work out. Yeah, so they need a quarterback to save their jobs, essentially, because... I'm gonna to be totally honest. AFC East is wide open this year. Buffalo lost a lot of big keys, big key pieces of free agency. I mean, AFC East is wide open. Miami, Miami held in a field goal with them with Skylar Thompson, a quarterback in the wild card round in Buffalo. I should tell you how the state of the Bills right now. The Jets know this. How good their defense is. They need to get the quarterback right. And Green Bay realizes all this and has all the power in the world. Yeah, they've got the leverage. It's they've, awesome. they've got the leverage. And as a Packers shareholder. 
you can smack the smile on my face even 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 if it was a right hook on Mike Tyson in his prime himself. So yeah, the Jets really have no say in how this goes. Really, it's just pay up for a quarterback that you need. Yeah, he may be there for one year. Yeah, he may be there for two years. Who knows? But honestly, the compensation of him retiring or not, like. That's not Green Bay's problem. Well, I think that, yeah, it's not in the sense that to keep Rodgers, you need to – we all know Rodgers at this point. I think more so in the past few years than maybe ever. Yeah. And if you – and this goes for any player, I think. But if you get a caliber player of, you know, of his talent level, you got to convince him to stay. I mean, it's the Jets – the Jets are auditioning if they get him. Yeah. This is a one-year audition. Give him a reason to stay. Build the team around him. Spend money where you need to spend money. Draft guys where you need to draft guys. I'm not saying let the guy hold your organization hostage, but at the same time, you've been dreadful for years. Would it be the worst thing to give him a little power or give him a little say the way that Green Bay wouldn't? And that's part of the main re- one of the main reasons that he's leaving yeah. is because of the fact you know, that two years ago when they were talking about how he wants to be more involved in front office decisions because of the fact that he is who he is. And we've seen it, and this is the part where the NFL is behind in player empowerment because in the NBA, LeBron does have some say in what happens behind closed doors, yeah. even though he wants to say that he doesn't. We all know he's got some say in what happens. Yeah. And in other sports as well, that's the case. Maybe less so in hockey, but I believe in baseball, if Juan Soto said something, well, maybe you're going to listen to Juan Soto. Yeah. Uh, so, But in the NFL, that doesn't always happen. I think the Jets have to show some initiative, put an olive branch out there, and and give him an opportunity to play a role that he wants to play, and I think that gives you the best chance to keep him for more than one year. The B side of that is this deal is going to go through, in my opinion. The draft compensation is not going to let it fall through. I think the Jets are just going to play this game for a little while, see if they can't get a couple of draft picks. When it becomes clear that Green Bay is not going to give up those draft picks, they're going to pull the trigger on it anyways. They need Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are done. It's a perfect marriage for one year. They're going to do it eventually. Yeah, they will. So... Move on here to one last thing here, wrap this show up. McLean? <sighs> yeah, my one last thing is we're going to jump back to baseball, people. My one last thing is there's no way he's going to listen to this, but my one last thing is a pledge to Chris Illich. Please make Detroit Tigers baseball fun again. Please try to win. Show me in the fan base something that shows that we're trying to win. Because in the last six years, while we've been talking about this rebuild, I think it's more, I think we were this close to turning it around, more so uh, in spite of him than because of him. I think that Avila hit on Riley Green and Torkelson, and that was our best chance, but I don't think that that had much to do with Chris Illich. I'm begging the owner of the Detroit Tigers, please care about this team a little bit. Don't turn them into the Detroit Lions, where for years, Everybody wearing the Honolulu blue felt like the Ford family didn't care. They just cared about putting butts in the seats. Don't become that. One, because the Tigers fan base isn't big enough to put butts in the seats while you suck. Yeah. It's just not. We've seen the panning when they're not putting the camera on the catcher. There are no fans in that building. Start caring about this team, and we'll start showing up. Right on. Agree 100%. You know, it's you know I don't mind it being kind of empty because like it's nice it's nice to get buy an outfield ticket, but you know by like seventh eighth inning I'm like five rows behind behind the uh, behind the visitors you know dugout. It's kind of nice. It is. But keep it a secret. <laughs> so my one last thing, kind of a hot take here. Four quarterbacks will be taken in the top five in the NFL draft this year. What the order is, 
it's up for debate. I feel like if you ask me right now, it's going to be CJ Stroud 1, Will Levis 2, because it's Houston we're talking about. Again, it's Houston we're talking about. It's going to be Bryce Young 4. It's going to be Anthony Richardson at 5. Mm. Now, let me explain everything here. Anthony Richardson is known as a mobile quarterback with a strong arm. You want to see a little more consistency out of him, but you're just not quite sure if it's, he's too, too much of an athlete and less of a quarterback. Do you know who else had kind of had that same issue with him coming out in 2012? Quarterback by the name of Russell Wilson. Mm. The difference is Richardson is, you know, built kind of like Cam Newton. And it's been well apparent over the past year with this whole Russell Wilson saga leaving Seattle going to Denver that Seattle was in on Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah, those are the two two of the best two of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, right? Because mm-hmm. they kind of knew what Wilson was. And I also find it really, really weird that you know Geno Smith got that massive three year extension, that fifty one million in the first year after the combine. Not before the combine, after the combine. Yep. And how sweet would it be if with the last first round pick you get from that Russell Wilson trade, that wonderful little lottery ticket about being a fifth overall pick while I'm being the quarterback that led your franchise for the next 10 years. Because we all know with Seattle, that fifth pick, like they may do something wonky with it. The quarterback makes sense because we all know they do better drafting in later rounds. I mean, Kenneth Walker in the second round, once you know, once he got the ball into the offense, he was easily a top ten, if not top five running back in the league. Tariq Willen was a fourth round pick. Bobby Wagner ten years ago, second round pick. Richard Sherman undrafted. Earl Thomas was a first round pick. Cam Chancellor was taken late. They do better. Josh Hyder's better late round picks. And they got a pick at twenty, which I think when you look at from pick six to probably like eighty, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good pieces you can get. So, yeah, Anthony Richardson to Seattle makes so much sense. Now, I also had this, too. About a month ago, I had my buddies Travis and Ty in a group chat ask me straight up who would have the better career, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. At the time, I felt there was a mold that you could do with Will Levis, like a Josh Allen or Daniel Jones, like I mentioned in the past here, about, you know, he could fall down the mold. If this situation happens, Anthony Richardson will probably be the best quarterback out of this class, in my opinion. So... Yeah, that's my uh, one last thing. Okay, all right. So, anything else uh, you want to throw out here? No, man. I mean, it's it's another good episode. Hopefully, uh, people enjoyed some of these topics, these little bit uh, hot in the street topics today, I guess you could say. Yeah, you know, it's kind of fun. You know, we could do a lot of local stuff, but, you know, we get a chance to uh, talk some other stuff, too. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. You know, like, subscribe, follow, all the above. Do what you have to do. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all be safe, and as always... Keep your stick in the ice.